ended, uh, but there certainly was uh, some brief flash flooding, and I know that there were also some flooding on some of the greenways uh, across the Raleigh area, but that should be improving as we go into tomorrow. And so tomorrow morning, which is Friday, the, the drive to work should be uh, more pleasant than it was today and unhindered. Uh, 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 the weather to, for, well, maybe what we need is a very short forecast for tomorrow, and then we'll let you go. Uh, sure, yeah. We'll start off sunny in the morning hours, which is going to be a nice welcome change from what we had today. And then we'll see an increased chance, uh, about 30% chance for some late day scattered uh, afternoon, early evening thunderstorms. Um, not going to be widespread compared to today, but there is going to be sort of that summer-like pattern. We'll get those storms popping up across the area, and it's going to be a muggy one, so it could be temperatures in the lower 90s. Well, Andrew, you've presented us with a fine, succinct account of what the situation is in terms of its history and the, and the present situation, and I, I want to thank you for for being willing to be with us tonight. You, Andrew Crenn from the National Weather Service, I guess you're on the Centennial Campus uh, location, and we yeah, appreciate you being on with us. You're welcome. Yeah, have a good night. Likewise. Thanks, Andrew. Huh? And, John, thanks for getting Andrew to be on with us tonight from the National Weather Service. Uh, so that's the situation. The, the ELSA has gone north, and uh, from the news that we heard at the top of the hour from CBS, uh, the... Uh, Jersey Shore is looking forward to the arrival of uh, of the remnants of, of Elsa, and uh, it promises to present a problem for the rest of the eastern coast of the United States. And uh, so, you want to, if you're interested, stay in, stay tuned to the news to find out how that goes. I am Tom Kearney. Our program is a is a news talk and interview program. Uh, we uh, uh, have uh, serious topics like. Uh, uh, the, the weather, the, rather the economic report from Dr. Walden earlier this week. We've talked about movies this week and other things. But tonight we, is the night that we ran on our schedule uh, on, on Nostalgia Night. And that's kind of a catch-all phrase that I've applied to the night that is sort of guaranteed to be an open phone night. And we, we end up talking about some subject that all, quite often is a kind of remember when thing, something that you would in fact be nostalgic about. And when I made up the schedule for this week, we had the promise of what we had today exactly. So I said, well, we'll be nostalgic and we'll invite our listeners because that's one of the points of having open phones on this Thursday night is to invite you to join me in, in being nostalgic about the weather and about hurricanes in the past. And so that's what we'll be talking about tonight. I have a few stories. Uh, and I imagine there are people in our audience who have stories, whether it be about uh, the benchmark Hurricane Hazel back in 1954, about Fran, which was the last hurricane that sort of did set itself on Raleigh back in 1996, I think, uh, uh, and uh, Floyd, which turned eastern North Carolina into a lake back in 1999. But there are other hurricanes in there, and this program works best if you join us with your story. Our telephone number, if you want to join us, is 919, that's our area code, and then 860-9783, 860-WPTF, and uh, we'll welcome your story about your involvement. Uh, uh, we've had stories about Floyd where uh, a gentleman went, needed to go from 
Wilmington to Williamston, which is on the north coast, well, near the northern, northeastern area of North Carolina, and it took him all day because so many roads were just blocked off. Uh, and uh, that was, believe it or not, 22 years ago that that happened. And uh, Fran, which came to Raleigh in 96, let's see, that's 25, 25 years ago. Uh, and I remember it well. But we, we invite you to join us at 919-860-9783, and we'll get into tonight's nostalgia topic right after we take this break on WPTF. Thursday night, I believe it's July the 8th, and, and the top weather event, uh, the top event today, the one that the news focus was on, was the passage of tropical storm, off and on, when it was in North Carolina, it was a tropical storm, but sometimes hurricane, and it's going to continue to be in the news through tomorrow, because I think it's going to bother folks all the way up through Washington, through New Jersey and through New York and maybe even out as far as Nova Scotia. But if you will if you stay tuned to the news on WPTF, you'll know what's going on there and a lot of other things as well. A couple of uh, uh, earthquakes in California for tonight was the lead story on the news at, at 9 o'clock. But we're going to talk about the, the something that, uh, that I am nostalgic about, uh, uh, and that is the hurricane history of North Carolina. And as we begin, I want to recommend a book. It's probably the book that I have bought for people and given away the most in my life, and, it, and that is a book by a man named Jay, J-A-Y, like a blue jay, Jay Barnes, B-A-R-N-E-S. And it's called The Hurricane History of North Carolina. In fact, last week when Rod Gonski, who is a former National Weather Service employee and a private meteorologist now, he mentioned this book because he's enjoyed it as, as much as I have. And it's kind of a history of the hur- it's the hurricane history of North Carolina, exactly what it pretends to be. And uh, we have a lot of new people in North Carolina. The population has grown a lot. And a lot of people who have come from other places and who may be prepared to deal with hurricanes or, or really cold weather if you're from North Dakota or whatever around the country, uh, but to may not be up on what you need or required to do to confront a hurricane. One of the things is to listen to the idea for preparing and have a plan and uh, and know what to expect. And so uh, uh, that's one reason that uh, I like to do things like this where we talk about hurricanes. A person said to me one time who came to North Carolina, and who called up on the phone at the radio station and says, how do you guys remember all those hurricanes? And you remember them because they, uh, if they if they come to North Carolina, and a lot of hurricanes strike North Carolina because it sticks out into the ocean a lot more fresh than, than strike the eastern uh, coast of Florida or Georgia and maybe the lower part of South Carolina. Uh, but uh, North Carolina's outer banks stick way out into the ocean as well as the, the eastern shoreline. And so we uh, we have a lot of hurricanes that come along. I was about, and North Carolinians of my age and people who may have a story about this or about a hurricane in North Carolina, listen up now because we, we fully expect you to join us with your story so that uh, folks who don't know about this will in fact know and will be uh, entertained and uh, educated by the story that you have to tell. I was almost 11 years old 
before I really had any con- concept of what a hurricane was all about because we really hadn't had any. I mean, we'd had snowstorms. I can remember it snowed right much in my hometown of Goldsboro, which is 50 miles east of Raleigh, and a lot of years only gets a trace of, of snow. But in, in the late 40s, it snowed in 1948. I remember very well all those people who live in Goldsboro will remember that it snowed and that the wheels department store burned down. And it was kind of an interesting tableau to see the steaming timbers of the store in the snow. But I really want to talk about 1954, uh, when the, what is the benchmark hurricane for North Carolinians, that is the one against which the benchmark. Others are measured. Was it worse? Was it better? Did you go through that? And um, rather, rather many young people have no conception of what it must have been like. But the, the strongest hurricane ever to hit the North Carolina coast and come inland was Hurricane Hazel, which struck in October of 1954. It was a Category 4. There are, you know, Category 5. Category 5 is the highest category. And uh, some of the hurricanes that have come to North Carolina have come, and they had 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 ratings as high as five when they were in the Caribbean or coming up the coast. But when they actually struck the coastline, they had dropped down to a three or a two or something like that. Hazel was fully strong when it struck in October of 1954. They knew so little about hurricanes then and had so little information. They had some. They knew it was coming. But uh, in my hometown, I was probably in the fifth grade, and we went to school that day. At about 10 o'clock, the local radio station, uh, WGBR, which is one of WPTF's sister stations now, uh, had an announcement, parents, come get your children. Because it was clear then that the hurricane was going to strike the coast of North Carolina somewhere near Wilmington and was going to be on a line that if it progressed as they thought it would, and it did, it would come straight up, essentially Highway 117, until it got to Goldsboro, and then it would take the Highway 70 route. Of course, it was just not following the highways, but that happens to be the route. And so it was a beeline for Kinston, Goldsboro, and Raleigh. It was uh, clocked, uh, I think, uh, off the coast at 137 miles an hour. The story that it may be mythical, but I don't believe that it is, was that it was clocked inland in North Carolina in Kenston, which is about, well, I guess, 50 miles inland, 60 miles, at 125 miles an hour circular. And it was moving forward the whole hurricane. There was a lot of talk about Elsa moving very fast when it was when it was in the Caribbean and then slowing down as it came across the southeastern United States and then picking up speed today as it left to go north. Well, Hurricane Hazel was progressing as it went across North Carolina, I believe at about 100, and, uh, not 100, at about 50 miles per hour. Let's just say that it was in Canada the next day. And I think along the way it set some records. I believe the, the wind speed record at, at what is the, the Reagan National Airport in Washington was set by Hurricane Hazel as it went by that long ago. And if you talk to people from Toronto, I am told, uh, that is, they will remember Hazel because it did something in, in Canada that it did not do in North Carolina, and that is it dropped a lot of water. It created floods that are memorable and are uh, among the worst that have, have struck Toronto. In North Carolina, the big effect was some storm surge at the coast 
and when. It, it rained some, of course, but not a, not a large amount because it was moving so fast. When you, when you get a large amount of rain, for instance, uh, east of here during Hurricane Floyd, uh, over around Rocky Mount, I think it, it rained between 9 and 15 inches in some places because the, the storm simply was moving so low it kept dropping water that was being fed to it from, from the Gulf and from the ocean. It just kept dropping water. Well, hazel was not messing around. It, it was going forward and it went to Canada, and it left a little rain, and it pulled down about, I don't know, I don't know if anybody ever counted it, but it seemed like about half the trees, big old oak trees in my hometown. And here I am, this this kid who hardly knew what a hurricane was. I'm, I'm not quite 11 years old yet, and so uh, I, it was memorable to me. And, uh, and I can remember when I was in high school and in college, uh, guys would say, let's go to, a hurricane would be coming to the coast, and they'd say, let's go down and take a look at it. But do you think I, I'm not the least bit in getting any closer to a hurricane than I have to? Uh, Hazel had taught me a lesson, and if I needed any further teaching, a later uh, hurricane would come to Raleigh that would uh, prant, that would uh, complete the lesson, and, and, and uh, uh, it was the last one to really significantly damaged Raleigh, and it really made a mess out of Raleigh. So I've got the beginnings of my hurricane education, and, and indeed a lot of, of eastern North Carolinians did with Hurricane Hazel. It was, in, it was and indeed still is the benchmark hurricane, the one that against which all the others are, are measured. And uh, we have not had one with the wind speed uh, of uh, Hazel hit the coast and come on land. Uh, since then, we've had ones that, that, that had that speed at one time, but not when they struck the land. It was a Category 4. If you have a story, if you remember Hazel and you want to tell your story about it, if you got sent to school that day and, and after you'd been there an hour, they, your parents came and got you and took you home, and uh, you, you looked out the window and saw garbage cans flying through the air and, and uh, roofs, roofs coming off of houses, then you have a story to tell us, or maybe you, you were at the coast and you just barely got away. There are a lot of great stories I, I know about Hazel and how people escape from places by get riding mattresses out and, and things like that. But if you have a story, our telephone number is 919-860-9783. If you have letters on your telephone, they are 9783, works out to be our call letters, WPTF, and uh, you can tell us your story. Uh, it doesn't have to be about Hazel. It can be about any other hurricane that you have, an, have experience with in North Carolina. Uh, but I, I, I really am kind of in a, a positive way nostalgic about uh, uh, Hazel because I learned my lesson early, and uh, I have a story to tell, and I survived it, and it taught me to be fearful and to pay attention when the hurricane is coming our way. And a lot of them, the Atlantic hurricanes, spend a lot of time getting here because they cross the Atlantic. And uh, uh, so there's the Cape Verde hurricanes. So let you know not to let your, yourself be lulled uh, to sleep, but to be ready and to be prepared for when they come. We're going to stop now, check the news, find out what's going on in the world, and we'll come back expecting your phone call. go by. And, uh, we got a report at the beginning of the program from the National Weather Service, and Elsa is in fact, and we, we've gotten news 
news coverage uh, that has Elsa headed for the Jersey Shore, so to speak, and then New York City and maybe New England and uh, further out into the Canadian Maritimes. And you can keep up with that story, if you will, on CBS News here on WPTF. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we could have a little, some stormy uh, situations in the afternoon, but tomorrow should be a pretty good day. We do want to tune in to WPTF early to get the roundup on uh, power outages and uh, whether there really were any tornadoes and, and so on, the information that you'll need early tomorrow morning here. Uh, tomorrow night, we're going to have trivia, and I think we're going to have music trivia tomorrow night, so I hope you will tune in for that uh, next week. Uh, we're going to have uh, Ernie Dollar, the historian of Raleigh, here to talk about uh, uh, some episodes in Raleigh history. And uh, on uh, Tuesday, my brother Stephen will be with us. He has not unveiled the topic yet. And uh, Wednesday, uh, Nick Petro of the National Weather Service will be here. We like to have him come in about once a month and tell us what's going on in terms of the weather and what the situation is. And so that's what we have uh, a chance to look forward to here on WPTF. John, you said that you had a telephone call coming in. Is that somebody we want to talk to? Yes, John, we actually have two calls. Uh, the first one is Henry from Raleigh. Okay, and Henry from Raleigh, and uh, and then when we, after we talk to Henry, you can, can funnel us to the other one. Henry, good evening. You're on WPTF. John said... Uh, Thank you, Tom. Can you hear me? I can. John, our producer, said he thought you might call tonight because we were talking about the coast, and you, yeah. uh, you, you're a okay. Wilmington person, I think. Yes, that's where I grew up. Uh, but uh, at the time when Hazel, Hurricane Hazel came, I was a young enough boy. I had not started to first grade in school yet, so I didn't really know what all was going on, but I do want to tell you the story of what I can remember about it. Uh, my uh, My father needed to go to New York City on business that week. And so for whatever reason, um, on Sunday, uh, he took me and my brother to the train station, and he took us with him on the train. But we didn't go to New York. Uh, we got off at Wallace, North Carolina, where my uh, near where my grandmother and my aunt and uncle lived on a farm there. Uh, and then, Tom, <clears throat> what I remember about it was... Um, <clears throat> In that week, and this must have been Hurricane Hazel coming through, <clears throat> we had a day when uh, there was constant rain, <clears throat> constant darkness, and constant wind. And it even blew down one or two of the pecan trees that my, um, my grandmother had in her front yard. And it was a frightening, I, I don't remember now whether it was more frightening or more exciting, but it was something I've, I've never forgotten Uh we were not allowed to go outside the house. We had to stay indoors. And um, <clears throat> my uh, mother at the time, um, I mean, at the time that this happened, she had just given birth to a baby uh, about a month before Hazel came. And my mother actually um, <clears throat> got in the car and took the baby with her, drove over to Tabor City to stay with some family, some relatives there to get away from the hurricane. Yeah, little, little, let me do a little geography here now for our listeners. So Tabor City would be a little further inland, and it's over near near the South Carolina line and Whiteville and Chadburn and so on. And, and right. uh, at the beginning of the program, you know, I drew a line that said that here comes Hazel, and it comes right straight toward Goldsboro and Raleigh, and Wallace would be on that line because it's right in the same line. And uh, Well, that is amazing, and I will say also, 
that my grandparents at the time of Hazel, uh, they lived at Carolina Beach that they had retired to Carolina Beach, and they were worried enough about the hurricane that they left Carolina Beach and went into Wilmington and stayed in a hotel there during the hurricane. Um, and um, <clears throat> years later, um, when I was a grown man, uh, young man, but I was an adult by this time, um, I lived in Winston-Salem for a while, and I, I met a lady there um, who was around my parents' age, and she said that in Winston-Salem during Hazel, <clears throat> the winds were so strong that they were blowing the, uh, the stoplights up in the, you know, uh, above the intersections. They were blowing them back and forth. So what I'm trying to say is that the wind impact of Hazel was extreme, even in Winston-Salem, that far inland. Right, it was a fairly large wind field is what you're talking about. I understand yeah, that. That's, yeah, that's right. And I've also heard from family stories that <clears throat> Hazel blew down some of the beautiful, massive oak trees or some kind of trees on uh, West Nash Street in Wilson, North Carolina. Well, of course, you know, my hometown of Goldsboro is just 25 miles from Wilson, and that's exactly right. what happened in Goldsboro is the trees that had been there for 200 years, mm. massive oak trees were just... And, uh, yeah, that was quite a, a, a dramatic impact. And one more thing I did want to mention is uh, my grandfather, um, <clears throat> when he retired, um, he moved, uh, he and my grandmother moved to Carolina Beach. And um, they had uh, at least two or three uh, rental houses that they had down there. And I'm sure they used them for purposes of income. But the bottom line is, my granddaddy lost um, at least two of those houses during Hazel or some other big storms. And one of the houses that blew out in, <clears throat> into the ocean, my grandfather could actually see it after the storm was over. He could see the roof floating in the ocean. Right. Uh, it, 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 I don't know exactly the dimensions, but it pretty much levels things on places like Holden Beach. And uh, uh, <coughs> I'm, I'm trying yeah, to think of well, the beach. I mean, the key fact that I was told later on when I got older was that <clears throat> at the beginning of the day of Hurricane Hazel, um, Long Beach had 200 or 300 houses on standing on it. At the end of the day, it only had three houses left. Right. There was a guy that worked for WPTF, my, my broadcasting hero, a man named Carl Birch, who uh, did programs for WPTF for many years, and uh, he knew uh, some people who were well-off, a guy who owned, who actually owned an airplane, and he, he loaned it to Mr. Gertz, and he went and flew over it, and and uh, they made some films and some recordings, or, and that was when they made recordings on, on, on records rather than on tape. And uh, there is, uh, I, you can find this if you want to look at it sometime, and anyone else can. It's on YouTube, and it was a a thing that Channel 5 did on the 50th anniversary yeah, of Hazel. That would be great. And, and I will say, finally, that what I want to wrap it up with, because you've got another caller or two, uh, Hazel was a misery to the people who lived in those beaches down there and in Wilmington. I mean, it really brought a lot of sorrow and misery to people. Oh, yeah. Well, it destroyed. It, it, it really destroyed an awful lot of stuff. You know, It, just, it really did. And even the people in Wilmington were badly affected by it, you know. And, the, and what you're talking about, really, I think what's in the back of your mind and mine, too, is that these are people who are used to these things. But this one <clears> was just 
Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid growing up in Wilmington, I've, I've lived through probably at least 10 hurricanes over the years, and um, Hazel was the absolute god-awful worst. Well, that's the one we all remember, and that's, yep. it's, it's, it's the benchmark hurricane. Well, Henry, it's always good to talk with you, and I hope you will, you will come again, and I appreciate you giving the, this, these meaningful stories about Wilmington, North Carolina, and Hazel, because that's, that's just about where it came in. <laughs> that's right, Tom. Thank you, and good night to you. Thank you. The Tom Kearney Show on WPTF. Let's see, our time is 9.42. John, I think we have time for another call. Who are we talking to now? This is Joe Williams. Oh, I was hoping to hear from Joe Williams tonight. When we talked about, uh, when Henry and I talked about Wallace, that's the place that Joe Williams knows where that is. Hey, hey, Tom, how you doing? Right, I was just saying that uh, the previous caller and I were, his grandparents lived near Wallace. He, he yeah, said, I grew up about 12 miles from Wallace there. And, I was going to say, you knew where that was. Uh, oh, yeah, it ripped down several of the warehouses there uh, that were full of tobacco. Right, that would have been October, so it would have still, there would have still been some on the floors, as a matter of fact. Oh, yeah, yeah right. there was still a lot of tobacco around at that time. But he was talking about uh, the destruction. I believe that most of uh, Carl Gertz's film was down on the south end of a topical island. It <laughs> may have been. He flew the the, uh, the airport belonged to a... Uh, Heavy equipment dealer, and I can't remember which one it was, but you would you would know who I'm talking about. It was one of two two guys with two different yeah. last names. Yeah. But in any event, uh, uh, that very well may have been the case. But I I do know that Ocean, what was it, Ocean Isle? I think that Henry mentioned, or one beach. Yeah. Lost yeah. Just about every house that was there, and 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 Topsail was level too. So yeah, if you go across uh, the bridge there, the new bridge at Highway 50. Everything from there down to the uh, inlet there at Figueiredo Island was obliterated. In other words, there was not a house left on top of the island. The only thing left was those uh, towers that uh, the Navy built there when they had the Project Bumblebee going on. Right. And uh, are they still there? Uh, I think all of them are still there. Right. I, I remember we used to go to Topsail occasionally, and not anymore, but... But I, I really like that place because it was real quiet then. And oh, yeah. Well, it, it, it's unbelievable how it's built up now. We used to go down there fishing, and if you made a north turn there where you went across the bridge, the only thing between there and the New River Inlet was a beer joint on the county line. <laughs> it, it sounds like a place. We, uh, I used to love to go get out and walk with my dog in the morning and walk down to the fishing pier from the cottage and get a paper and come back and drink coffee and just yeah. look at the ocean. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't know if I've ever told you this or not, but Hurricane Hazel blew up a whale in uh, Wayne County down there near Mount Olive. Have you ever heard that tale? I have not heard that tale. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, back then uh, people had... Uh, Wells and a lot of them were under oak trees and stuff. This one was out under a big oak tree in the yard. And, of course, over the years, you know, the tree roots from that oak tree had uh, just sort of encased the thing. And uh, it blew the uh, tree over. And, of course, when it did that, it pulled a well up out of the ground. Well, you and I will have to, one night when we have the opportunity, talk about how a well was the secret of the where Goldsboro was located. You may know that story, but... Uh, I, I've heard it, but it's been a long time. It has to do with putting a, a chunk of ice in the well. But in any event, yeah. uh, when, when we get through, 
which will be shortly because we need to take a break. Uh, John, will you? I, I want to get your phone number uh, too. Can I do that? Yes, that'd be fine. But okay. I, I think I probably told you I was a freshman at Spade uh, during Hazel, and of course they didn't call classes off. So right in the middle of it, I walked from Fourth Dorm over to Withers Hall, and uh, after the class back. Well, they hardly knew what was going on, I think. Uh, yeah, well, uh, of course, back then, they didn't call classes off the state for anything. <laughs> Snowstorms, <laughs> hurricanes, or what have you. Right. Uh, World War II. Uh, <laughs> whatever. But, uh, um, but John will put you will put you on hold, and John will get your telephone number. And, uh, okay. Uh, that sounds good. good. Good talking with you. Likewise, Joe. Thank you a lot. Joe Williams is a member of our radio family and a person very knowledgeable about particularly eastern North Carolina, but he's been all over the state in his occupation. He's retired now, and he's a regular listener to the Tom Kearney Show on WPTF, where our time is 9.46, and we take a break. Joe Williams has spent a good bit of his life in eastern North Carolina. I think he said he grew up about 12 miles from Wallace, which is about halfway between my hometown and Wilmington. So we're all out there on US-117 now. and uh, But we that's, that's kind of a route that the hurricanes would take. But it's not the only one. The hurricanes bounce off a lot of times the the uh, the Outer Banks and uh, uh, Cape Hatteras and places like that. An awful lot of them pass very close to Cape Hatteras, if, even if they don't come on that. If we have anybody else who has a hurricane story that they want to tell, you're welcome at 919 Eight six zero nine seven eight three. Because while Hazel was the benchmark, Hazel was not the only hurricane, and uh, it came in 1954. And uh, for the rest of the 50s, it, there, there had not been a lot of hurricanes before that. There had been hurricanes, of course, going back till the time of Sir, Sir Walter Raleigh. But uh, apparently, the hurricane thing is kind of cyclical, and I'm relatively sure they don't know why that's the case. But uh, Hazel came in 54, and there were a number of hurricanes that came and bounced off the North Carolina coast or came a little bit inland through the early 1960s. And then there was a kind of lull until things picked up in the in the uh, early 1980s. I can remember Diana, which was, I saw this today, of the six most damaging hurricanes in, in uh, North Carolina history. And number six was Diana, which was... Uh, a hurricane that I remember because I had just started working for WPTF, and it planted itself off the coast near Wilmington, off of Brunswick County, and it did a loop. It went all the way around and turned back on itself. Uh, but it finally, but it, what it was doing with there was turning up the water and bringing up cold water and actually destroying itself. But it did a lot of damage along the coast when it did, in fact, hit the coast. Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. If you have a hurricane story, and we have. Just a couple of three minutes. I just wanted to mention some of the names of the hurricanes that that make me wax nostalgic because I I do remember most of them. Uh, one that I remember well and the WPTF listeners remember well is Hurricane Hugo, which came in 1989, and WPTF covered it all night and uh, apparently. Uh, all the radio stations in Charleston, South Carolina, were off the air, so most of the people were listening to WPTF. Our station actually got an award from the Charleston area broadcasters uh, from a city in a completely different state because our 50,000-watt signal is directionalized, so it sort of bombs into Charleston, 
And our weather guy at that time was a man named Chris Thompson, who worked for WPTF television and did weather for WPTF radio. And he and another other WPTF staffers, uh, I guess there were three or four people. I got in on the early part of it, but I finally went home and went to bed because I'd been there since about 6 o'clock earlier than that. But uh, they stayed on the air all night and provided information. And Hurricane Hugo uh, came across Charleston and into McClellansville in South Carolina, and, and its main target in the end was a place that usually doesn't get struck by hurricanes, and that is Charlotte, North Carolina, where a lot of damage was done to trees. And, uh, and it is a hurricane that would be rem- remembered by people from Charlotte. And throughout the 90s, and in we we had hurricanes. Hurricane Fran came to Raleigh, and we don't have time for that story completely. In 1960, I think it was 1996, September 5th, I believe. And then just three years later, Hurricane Floyd came came up the coast. It didn't come as far inland as Raleigh. In fact, it went across where Greenville and Rocky Mountain, but it dropped tremendous amounts of water, and basically eastern North Carolina was turned into a lake, and it was just difficult to get around for a long time. And uh, and if people, there was a story of one guy who woke up in the middle of the night, thought he had to go to the bathroom, turned around and put his feet on the floor, and the water was up around his shins, and he wasn't even aware of it. And uh, one of our engineers went down to one of our broadcasting facilities in eastern North Carolina, and uh, it was fortunate that the transmitter and stuff were up off the ground because the water had uh, filled up the, the bottom part of the transmitter room. Things like there were lots of stories. Uh, and there, there, in fact, Jay Barnes and a guy named Richard Moore wrote a book about uh, the the the, the uh, I think it's Faces from the Storm is the name of the book, and it's probably still available. But it's a wonderful book to read. North Carolina is likely. Uh, to have hurricanes then and likely to have hurricanes now and when we can get by with the day like we did today with Elsa. And remember, this is just the middle of July. The real pickup in the uh, the hurricane season in North Carolina occurs usually in the last part of August and into September. The, the, the high point, usually the average center point of uh, hurricanes is, I think, September 10th. But the official hurricane season runs from June 1st to uh, to December 1st. Well, that's my waxing nostalgic about hurricanes for this Thursday night. Uh, Tom Kearney here. We'll be back tomorrow night with trivia for Friday night.